Welcome, welcome to the Fierce Female Network. I'm your host, Fierce Master, and today is Tuesday, 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 baby. It is Turn It Up Tuesday. Going to be getting down, going to be getting down, going to be getting down. Got a special guest on today. Yes, indeed, Dr. Steve Coward is C-L-O-W. C-L-O-W-A-R-D. He's going to be talking with me in just a few moments. I am told it's going to be a stone cold blast on today. Yes, indeed. Also got some super, super bad music. Got some bad music for you. Going to be getting on down. The song is All My Enemies. Yes, indeed. It is a fire, fire, hot one. It is a fire one on today. Listen, I'm broadcasting live out of the Windy City. It is June 13, 2023, 6.30 p.m. on the Central Time Zone and 7.30 p.m. on the Eastern Standard Time Zone. Y'all know what I'm going to say, the Eastern Standard Time Zone. is the time zone that rocks my socks off, honey. You know I got to push it on up to the ATL, to my home team. Must give a shout-out to my team, Fierce Nation International, the hardest working team on the planet. They are based in Kenya, Zimbabwe, East and West Africa, the U.K. and Germany, and my honorary member in India, Karoon Y'all know I can't sing. That's why I stick to entertainment and comedy. You know what I'm saying. Listen, listen, listen. That's a fire, hot, dope music on today. Independent artist, I am Zeke. The name of the song is All My Enemies, All My Enemies. Lord, today. Listen, that song is telling a whole lot to me. All my enemies, I can't wait to get on into it. Yes, indeed. Got another guest on today, Steve. Last name is C-L-O-W-A-R-D. He's been married to his queen for 33 years. Oh, 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 33 years. Baby, can't wait till he get here and talk to me. Listen, right now, right now, it's going to be all my enemies. That's all, you, you know, it's saying a whole lot of something right here, ain't it? Yes, indeed. Y'all check this out. It's called All My Enemies. Come get on down with it. Want you guys to check this out? Take a listen.
All right, all right, all right. That is all my enemies, all my enemies. Let me tell you, the artist, independent artist, is IMZ. That one is dropping on June 26th. That's a new one from him. It is dropping on June 26th, 2023 at 12 midnight. Let me tell you something. Y'all know I'm a licensed life coach. I can't help it. I can't help this. I got a life lesson. You know, it just keeps coming up out of me. You know, you know, when it's in you, it's going to come out, babies. So listen, all my enemies, all my enemies. Do y'all know something? They always say you got to keep your enemies closer than your friends. And then they say, you know, your friends can be your enemies, too. Listen, let me let me tell y'all something up in here. It's like this. Don't read people's words. Don't read what's coming up out of their mouth. Read what's in their eyes. You hear what I'm saying? Learn to discern what's coming from their eyeballs. You hear what I'm talking about? You know, when you learn to practice discernment, if, if you do have the gift of discernment, some people do, some people don't. Listen, it's a spiritual gift, and some people naturally can discern when somebody is lying to them, right? And listen, you got to be able to look folks eyeball. If somebody can't look you eyeball to eyeball, it's something wrong. It's something wrong. I'm telling you, if a a person can't look me square dead in my eyes, it is something wrong. You know what I'm saying? Your energy off is is just you got the wrong spirit, and I don't need to have that around me. You know what I'm saying? So now listen, I am saying this from the song All My Enemies. You understand? Listen, when people are really honest, when people are legit, when people are honest, they don't have a problem looking you square in the eye. You know what I mean? It's a lot that you read from people's eyes. You know what I'm saying? It's the windows of the soul, baby. It's all about the soul business. You hear what I'm talking about here. Listen, I'm talking about the song, All My Enemies. Right? 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 So listen, you, you make sure your circle is tight, my babies. Make sure your circle is tight. Make sure you know who is in your circle. Sometimes you got folks in your circle. They're in your circle just to see what you're doing. So they go tell everybody else what's going on. Then they can tear it down. You hear what I'm saying up in here? Now listen, listen, listen. That's the end of the lesson. But tonight, okay? Now, listen, I'm excited to talk to Steve. Oh, Lord, today, this man got a lot of wisdom, knowledge. He's been married for 33 years, and he is going to teach us something on today. And I don't want to mess up his last name. I think I called him Cloward before. I, I think. I, I feel like I'm at the Brinkman Brothers Circus or something. Now, now, Steve, honey, I hope I can call you Steve like we friends. I feel like we old friends because, listen, honey, me and you got something in common. Right, I understand you. Absolutely. Yeah, we got something in common. You're a businessman. I'm a businesswoman. You know. Now tell me what your last name is. I don't want the folks going around saying Fisk can't even talk. She don't even know how to say man name. Well, it was pretty close. Cloward. Cloward. Okay. Now listen. Let me down. Let me down now. Steve. I'm a comedian at heart, so when I when I get to doing my work, you know, it just comes out all kind of ways. But listen, honey. Oh, my goodness, you've been married for 33 years. Since last Friday. Oh, congratulations. That is a blessing. A father of four. You have one girl, two granddaughters. Oh, there's so much I want to dig into with you, and I know you're a successful entrepreneur for over 30 years, and that's not easy. That is not easy. And at the age of 19, you were diagnosed with Crohn's disease. There is so much in your history. I don't even know where to start, honey. Listen, listen. <laughs> well, I'm an open book, so, uh, you know, there's nothing off limits with me. So you just go ahead and fire away, and we'll, uh, you know, talk about anything you'd like. 
Okay. Now, I understand you found yourself addicted to opiates uh, for 14 years. <sighs> listen, you've had such yep. a journey. Listen, listen, Steve, you got a lot to tell everybody because a lot of people are going through addiction. I'm seeing it on commercials about addiction. Oh, yeah. So talk, talk to us. Talk to us. Help us out. So now where is the you beginning? If, some, if someone is trying to become free of gambling or addiction, whatever their vice is, listen, your your enemy can be a vice. You know, you can be drinking. That can be your enemy, like someone was saying. How do a person Absolutely. ask for help? You know, sometimes they have a hard time asking for help. What do they do? That's Who's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that was the biggest problem for me. I remember driving to work some days literally crying because I didn't know how to get out. You know, that was back in July of 2000. Well, July of 2000 is when I got sober. But prior to that, you know, for a year, several years prior to that, I didn't know how to get out. It wasn't talked about like it is today. And there wasn't the resources, um, at least I didn't know of any, for the most part. You know, I grew up in the Mormon culture. Uh, when I was 19 years old, you know, I was born into a Mormon religion family. And I was on a mission at 19 years old. Came home because my gut had been killing me for couple of months and after three months my dad actually flew out there and because he is such a staunch mormon you know he wasn't accepting it. his kid was talking about coming home and i i'm a pretty prideful kid and the last thing i was do, gonna do was quit but i knew something was wrong and you talked about discernment before you know as i was listening to you and it's crazy it sounds to some true believing mormon or true believing anything you know to think that they're I'm supposed to come up with a mission when they believe that he's out there doing the Lord's work, and I'm telling him, no, I know I'm supposed to come home, and it takes him to fly out there to see what's going on, and he, as soon as he saw me, he started bawling because he didn't listen. I was 23 pounds lighter. I went out soaking wet at a buck 54, and two nights after I get home, not knowing why I was coming home then, other than I told him I knew I was supposed to come home, I was in the emergency room for what was thought to be just appendicitis, which I did have. But while they're in there, they cut me, cut out 16 inches of a black ulcerated perforated small bowel. And that's when I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And that's when I was introduced to opiates. So the the long way to answer the question about how do you get help? Well, like I said, I didn't know any options. But the first thing that I did realize and that anyone has to realize whether it's gambling, sex, porn, food, exercise, it doesn't matter. You've got to admit you have a problem. Until you can do that, can get help. But then when you realize that you have a problem and admit it, then you've got to be willing to get the help to figure out why. What is the underlying reason that you're abusing whatever it is you're abusing? Because if you can't fix that, you will not. Very rarely would you stay sober from whatever that addiction is that you're dealing with. Wow. That is a mouthful. That's a mouthful. It really is. <laughs> it really is. And it's true, you know, until you face that problem and you say that, hey, I got a problem. You know, Steve, I've known a lot of people, on, and um, I've known a lot of people that was addicted to something. So you know, I don't I don't believe in in being fake. I'm very transparent. You know, I come on and I talk uh-huh. about my past. I talk about a lot of things. And listen, uh, uh, Mr. Steve, I, I'm really I've known a lot of people that's been addicted to a lot of different things, whether it was drugs, whether oh, it was, was sex. 
alcohol. And I'm telling you, believe it or not, believe it or not, I used to hang out with one of the biggest drug kingpins on the west side of Chicago. I grew up on the west side of Chicago. And I'm I'm telling you, I am telling you, I've seen the life. I've seen it, you know. And uh, I got introduced to it very slowly. My, my my best girlfriend that I was working with, I didn't know. She didn't look like a person that did drugs or anything like that. And slowly but surely, yep. she, I started getting introduced to her friends. Now, I wasn't, you know, addicted or anything like that, but I was with her because her friends were the kingpins. So that meant I was with yeah. them because I was sitting in the house with her a lot of times, and they were doing their business. And I'd be like, what in God's name am I doing? That's what I'd be thinking. What in God's name am I doing in here? You know what I mean? And it's just like, so, oh, yeah. you know, I, I've seen a life. I know life. I know how it operates. I know how they work. And they didn't think they had a problem. You know what I mean? They were just sitting there. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. You know, so I do want to kind of segue into there's all different realms of um different levels of addiction. I've been with those who, that was the kingpin, and then I've been with the ones that was kingpin and you, you, that looked so innocent you wouldn't even know he was a kingpin. Exactly. You know, j- just monopolating yeah. the territory everywhere. But praise God, he got out of it. One person, he got out of it and went straight, and he has his oh, own business now. That's now, awesome. Now Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'm telling you, the day he went straight, he came to my house. I I will never forget the night. He knocked on the door and came to my house when he got out of prison because I couldn't find him. I'm like, where is this dude at? Because, yeah, we would always find him. You know, I hadn't seen him in a year, two years or whatever it was. He came to my house, knocked on the door. It was like uh, midnight, one in the morning. I opened the door, and there it was. I just flew and jumped in his arms. And my mother was like, well, what's going on here? Wow. What's going on here? And so he sat down. <laughs> he was like, sis, let me tell you. We was like brother and sister. He was like, I got busted. And that's what made him go straight. He says, I got busted. And I said, you got wow. busted? And he says, yeah. So he, he went straight, and uh, he says, I can't go back to that place, can't go back to prison. It was his first time and only time in prison, and he started his own business. But listen, now I want to talk about business. Now, you do real estate. You have a real estate. Now, how did you get into real estate? Uh, You have an appraisal, real estate appraiser firm? I was a real estate appraiser for 14 years. Um, My father was a dentist, and he did like his hobby. He didn't play golf. He didn't fish. He he developed real estate. (laughs) And I didn't get into the bigger commercial stuff like he did, but I did a lot of single family stuff. You know, I did do couple of smaller developments um but that was after you know i had my real estate appraisal firm going really well i had you know eight appraisers in one office and two in my office down in southern utah um and so i just learned it from being around it as well as kind of watching my dad and you know it's like they always say is you know people create their own luck and you can call it the right place at the right time, whatever you want to call it, but I believe we create our own luck by being prepared for when opportunity presents itself and also being, you know, the fact that I was an appraiser and dealing with people with real estate obviously helped. Um, one of the very first deals I did was just by accident. <laughs> I had purchased a very expensive German Shepherd from a guy that, you know, trained her up and worked with police dogs and stuff, and one day when I went to to take the dog back for some additional training. He asked me, hey, do you, I've got this house up on Center Street. The only one that might want to buy it, he had a tax lien against it. And anyway, I don't need to get into details of that, but I ended up buying it for what he owed on it. 
which was like 30000 less than what it valued at at the time. And so it's just, you know, like I said, just being around it is really the thing that helped. And then just watching my father, you know, I did a lot of new construction deals. But, you know, the other part of my story, and I'll let you decide where you want to guide it, but that's what caused me, you know, when people hear about my podcast, Life After Addiction or Diamond, they think that I went to prison because of my addiction when I'd been sober for years, but my appraisal firm got thrown into a big federal conspiracy mortgage fraud case. And so I ended up going to federal prison because of that. Oh, okay. Okay. I understand. You know, there was a question I was going to ask you about, uh, the mindset. I read something in your bio, and there was a question that I really wanted to ask you early on about how you rewire your mind. I've been hearing a lot of teaching, uh, biblical teaching, and reading about the mind, you know, I believe in being positive, yep. but sometimes it is so true. Sometimes you have a hard time staying uh, positive. It's almost like these negative thoughts come, and it's not like you want to be thinking about something negative, but you, you want to stay positive right. and focused, and then you got all this stuff coming coming into your mind. It's like, well, my gosh, you know, how do you – and I saw that you said, uh, what do you do to rewire your mind? So what does a person do to rewire all that junk and, and get that junk out of there and – and um, have a great mindset? That's such a great question because that's what held me back for eight years after I got out of prison. I got out of prison coming up on 13 years in September. And so I was struggling, you know, and here I had been very successful, lost everything, come out of prison. I obviously knew my business was gone, plus I couldn't appraise anymore. They took my license away. And so I struggled, you know, and People have to understand that our subconscious mind is putting out about between 70 and 80,000, somewhere in that range, you know, thoughts in our mind per day. And we have to pay attention to what it is that it's thinking because everything that it's telling us are things that really are to protect us is, is the way it works. But there are things that hold us back because everything that we hold ourselves from doing typically is out of fear, fear of whatever, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, fear of whatever. Um, mm. And so as I hired coaches and things, you know, I forgot how much time and how many years I put into building my business, and I honestly forgot that it didn't happen fast. Like, I was expecting to come out of prison, you know, as soon as I can do my own business again after probation and stuff, thought I would just get to where I was, and that's not the way it works, because I was starting from ground zero, because I couldn't do the thing that I knew, you know, and so I was talking to a buddy one time, and obviously, I knew the value of what you put in your mind is very powerful, and I also understood the power of words because I started to read a lot. And, you know, once again, I'll go back to my father because the example he set, you know, he was always trying to improve himself and, and you know, would sit down sometimes at the dinner table and he'd ask us, you know, the kids, who can tell me habit number six, you know, Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly successful people. And so I had that exposure, but, but anyway – the thing that really did it for me was not only the things that I was reading, you know, to put positive things in my mind, but to understand the power of words. And so I created what I call a conscious self-creation statement, and it would go something to the tune of, I'll give you a little bit of what my old one used to say, um, but they're basically I am statements. I am, I have. So, you know, 
I am a five-star dad and a five-star husband. I create, um, I'm a leader, owner, creator, and producer. You know, I donate 5% of my income, 10% of my income, excuse me, to the donation of my choosing. And then I would just go on. Some of the things are obviously material things, you know. Some of them are things that I want, whether it's a weight, you know, focus on health, focus on spirituality, just focus on life, whatever it is that you want. You know, I, when I was exposed to this secret, the law of attraction early on, I believed in it, but I didn't really understand it because you could have a vision board, but if you don't feel and take yourself past just looking at what you want, you have to really feel what, what, what would you feel like if you had that life? What would you feel like if you had that relationship, you know? And doing that conscious self-creation statement, obviously I got it memorized. They say the best way and the most powerful way is to read it, write it, see it, and hear it. So I was saying it and hearing it every day, and I would say it the minute I just stepped into the shower. Just that became the habit, and I would just say that. And I had never experienced the power of, you know, the law of attraction. I believe everything is energy. We're energy. Everything's based on vibration energy. And I believe that's truly what manifests the life. We can create the life that we choose. We just have to, number one, if you don't believe it, it'll never happen. And then you have to do the little things that will help you get there. So saying that every day, I believe, was the biggest thing that impacted me to, quote, rewire my mind, you know, along with reading and putting the right things in it. And it's just like addiction. If you can get, you know, you have to be able to realize you have a problem to get sober, well, you also have to realize the thoughts you're thinking. And instead of grabbing onto them and continuing to build negative stories onto those, you have to realize what's happening and stop it. And then think something positive. Now, don't get me wrong. Life's tough. Do I have bad days? Absolutely. You know, that's just part of being human. But we can reduce the number of bad days by the things that we choose to do by, you know, creating the mindset to create the life that you want. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting what you said about you started reading a lot. And that's really something that you said that because here lately I find myself not being able to get enough of reading great books. Boy, and and just, yeah, I just can't, I, I don't know what it is. I just can't get enough of reading great things, uh, maybe something that's uh, biblically based or uh, self-improvement, health books, just pouring it in. It's, it's, I feel like I'm just hungry, for some reason, hungry for more, more of the good stuff. For yep. some reason, I, I just, it's like I can't, can't get enough of putting it in. I hear you. It's like there's not enough time in the day to get the stuff you want to put in in there. hmm hmm You know, because I, I really believe that whatever you're reading and whatever you're putting in to your mind, you're going to be thinking about that, and you're going to become a different person. I believe because you're you're feeding yourself good, you're feeding yourself, your spirit, good things, positive things, great things, and I believe that eventually you're going to become that walking, talking person that you're constantly putting into your mind. I agree 100%. And, you know, just like you, you know, you know, we're spiritual beings, you know, having an experience here in these, whatever you want to call these bodies, these maid suits, whatever. And, Mm -hmm. 
obviously, like you say, more positivity that you're around, that you put in your mind, is going to have a positive impact on whatever you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. You know, I, I want to shift gears just a little bit. We have about three minutes left in this episode, and I really do want to okay. get this in because in your bio you talk about um, you've been married for 33 years, and you know, you know, with divorce and things that's going on. I want to touch on that just a little bit about marriage. So what is it, in your opinion, what did it take or what does it take to keep a great marriage together for 33 years? I'm going to be totally honest. It wasn't great for the majority of that. But I had a wife who was committed even though I left her early in our marriage once the addiction was really taken over because I believed, based on my brain chemistry change, I didn't love her. I believed I'd be okay to be a weekend dad. But by God's grace, we don't have time to go in the story, but she was living her to folks. I was living in the first home we built, and I was sick with a dog. I reached out to her on a Sunday night. In 1992, when most people did not have cell phones, her vehicle happened to have a cell phone mounted in it, and I called it on a Sunday night. Now, granted, she was living her folks. We had a brand-new infant, her second son. My other boy was about two and a half. And from the distance her parents' house to the store is literally five minutes. What's the chance of her being in that car on a Sunday night driving from that point A to B in five minutes? And I called that phone, and she's in that car. I had been sick as a dog. She was a nurse. The doctor's office used to bring, you know, a shot home or an antibiotic. But I was too humiliated to call her parents' house or the doctor's office because all of her peers knew me. I'd gone there since I was a kid. And I'd, I'd gotten sober at this point. Literally, I'm like 33 days of sober, a 20, you know, like you say, day 28, that fog lifted, and I just about couldn't believe what I was doing. And so I'd left her three times in a year and a half. And so the fact that she would even entertain talking to me and come over and talk for me to say, I don't know what I want to do. But bottom line is, like I say, by the grace of God, the things that worked out there are crazy. But if you want to have a good relationship, number one, you have to be committed because you're going to run into some tough times. And you have to be willing to be selfless. You have to put the other person first. That doesn't mean you get stomped on and run over and taken advantage of and all that. Of course not. But work in agreement, not expectations. So don't ever expect something out of your spouse if you've never talked to them about that situation. We're not mind readers, right? And so once we did that, everything really shifted for us about eight years ago. Wow. And the grass ain't greener. It takes work. Why is it that we put all invest all this time and energy when we're courting somebody? But yet, once we say I do, or once we move in and live together, or whatever, then we take people. Like, so that's the biggest lesson I learned in prison. As soon as you get in there, I'm going, holy hell! I was mm-hmm. hurting the people I love the most. Because you take them for granted. You have, if you expect something to stay on the path you want it to, or something to grow, you got to water it. That's right. That's absolutely correct. You know, I am loving this this episode. I'm loving talking. I feel like I'm talking to an old friend. I really do. I feel like I've been talking to you and knowing you for years. I feel like an old friend. I feel the same way. Sometimes that just yeah. works, doesn't it? It's fun when that happens. Yes, it does. This has really been great. I'm I'm pretty much out of time, and I do want to give you an opportunity. I did look at your website, and I want all of the listeners, we have uh, listeners that do come in from 23 different countries, and so someone may want oh, to awesome. take a look at 
look at your website. I want you to share your information out so different individuals can connect with you. I appreciate that. You know, since we talked about mindset, one of the best places you can go is to mindsetisthekey.net. You'll be able to get my free ebook called Mind is the Master because I believe the power of the mind is the key to unlock your life. There won't be any follow-up emails to try to sell you anything, so don't worry about that. Um, and then you can learn more about me at my website, lifeafteraddictionandindictment.com. And then you can find me on most social medias. Everything's got the same, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or my Instagram is different. It's SW Cloud. But okay. Okay. if anybody's struggling, don't hesitate to reach out. I'll talk to anybody anytime. Now, now that you mentioned it, do you do um, different individuals that are struggling with uh, some type of addiction, do you have any counseling? Do you counsel with different individuals? Is that something that you do as well? or? Uh, that's something I do. I'm not actively pursuing it at the moment, but if somebody came to me, I'd definitely help them out for sure. Okay. Okay. All right. So we are out of time, and I want you guys to go to his website. Uh, what was it once again? Mindset is the key. Is that correct? Yeah, mindset is the key dot net. Okay. So you guys, you heard that. I want you to go to that website. And I know there's a lot of people that if they don't catch me live, they do catch the replay, and they'll listen to it. I have people say, oh, I heard the show. I listened to it on Spotify or iHeartRadio. So you guys, get the free uh, download. Get this free ebook. Read it. Change your life. Steve, it has been a blast talking with you. It's been super delicious, good. It's always super delicious to talk to great people. And Steve is a great well, person. thank listen. you. You're welcome. And oh, you're, thank you're you. Very handsome. You're awesome. You're very handsome. Did you know that <laughs> your wife? Your wife has a looker. She really has a great looker. <laughs> yeah, this looker's getting a lot of gray and stuff. He doesn't feel, feel so great these days. But you know, beating his body up. But I'm just grateful to be alive. Life is what we make of it, and it really just comes down to, like you said, that attitude that starts with the mind. That's right. But thank you so and much my, for having me on. I you. appreciate it. You're more than welcome, and the door is always open. If you ever want to come back, you're welcome to come back. If you have a new book or a new project, something new that you're doing, I'm more than happy to introduce it or talk about it. Shoot me an email, you know, and I'll get it out there, and I'll start talking about it and let individuals know what you're doing. So always keep me up to date, and I'll be more than happy to share it out on the podcast. Oh, I appreciate it. i got a new project in the works, so I'll reach out to you here shortly. Oh, awesome. Wonderful. I'll do that for you. No problem at all. So, guys, once again, make sure you get that free ebook. It's going to help you out, help you get a great mindset. It's been super delicious. i got to get on up out of here. It's been a stone-cold blast. I'm out of time, but guess what? I get to come back tomorrow and do it again. In the special words of Don Knees, the man that made so train what it was in the winter city. It is peace, love, and you